Hello and good morning everyone. Okay, I'm really excited to see everyone today online because this is, this is a special service. Alright, so I'm actually have, having my tablet with me because I want to have more interaction at the start of the service today. I'm Jimmy, alright? So, Hin Hin, alright? Today's special service, right, has a name and if you like, I'd like to invite all of you, right, to type out in the live chat what's today's special service name. Alright? Because my, my, my tablet, right, is about 10 seconds <laughs> slower than uh, the live stream. Alright? So, if you know today's special service name, alright? Type it out in the live chat. Hint, hint, alright? Again, what am I wearing? What color am I wearing? What is the color of our backdrop today? Alright? It's our Pink Dot Sunday service, alright? As a tradition in, in our free community church, right, FCC, alright? We always hold, uh, host a special service. A Sunday, Pink Dot Sunday service after Pink Dot, right? To show our, you know, our love and our solidarity with our LGBTQ um, community. So, this morning, alright, uh, especially for this morning, right, for this Sunday, we are going to witness God's love, like shown to us through the journey, the support and care uh, given by us, uh, by our allies, alright, and so. Yesterday, right, was pink, uh, was pink, pink dot in the evening. There's a celebration. So I also like to interact with the people online, right? If you have put up your pink likes, right? All right? Put a yes in the live chat. And I'd like to see right, how many of you have actually put up your, your pink, pink likes in support of pink dot. All right? I see quite a number of participants. Thank you very much for Mark and Stephen and Will. And Pauline with me here, she's also chatting live, right? So, have you, like, let's interact actively on the live chat and we're, we are really in communion with each other digitally, alright? Next, I, before we start, right, I also like to invite all of you to put in an icon, right, if you are with us, right? Uh, put in an icon of the pride flag if you have access to the emoticons or you can type out the word pride to show solidarity for our LGBTQ community and our allies. Alright, so to start to kick things off this morning, I'd like to invite all of us all right, to respond to the call to worship. From ancient times, to this present day, people have gathered in sacred spaces like this one. Moments of time fold together when we immerse ourselves in love and connection. We ask for divine love to be revealed to us in this gathering. We open our spirits to the depth and breath of divine presence. We listen for sacred whisperings and await holy joy to be written on our hearts. Being truly ourselves, we come together in this eternal moment. We bring our prayers to you as one community, one assembled body. Transgender, non-binary, bisexual, lesbian, intersex, gay, queer, ally, all beloved people of God. We come and we pledge our commitment to walk the path of Jesus. 
Today's special service, all right, the sequence will be slightly different, all right, so stay tuned from the beginning to the end. And now we join our worship team to celebrate this love God has given to us.
I've been attending church since primary one, um, and I'm straight. I've been married 17 years. I have two awesome kids. Um, and I used to be, I would say, an evangelical of evangelicals. <laughs> um, I went to evangelical college in America. That's where I met my wife. Um, we both went to a variety of evangelical, Baptist, Presbyterian churches. We served as elders. We taught Bible study. Um, and we were both quite firmly against LGBT inclusion in church for many years. In fact, um, and one time in our denomination, it even came up for a vote at a national level. And my wife actually represented our region to vote against the initiative to redefine marriage, to uh, be more inclusive. So that was where I was. Um, now in 2015, um, one of our friends from church uh, committed suicide. So she had come out as a lesbian and she left the church and uh, we didn't really know what were the details, why she ended her life but we were really both sad that she felt she had to choose between being true to herself and belonging to a church. So I think that was when we started to think um, maybe we needed to rethink our theology and how we relate to LGBT people. Um, the year later in 2016, the church we were attending in America had a sermon series called Forgive Us. And this was a really eye-opening series for us because it, taught, it was about um, apologizing to the communities that the church had harmed over the years, which included um, racial minorities, women, um, people of other religions, and the LGBT community. So at this was a time my wife started a reading group where we actually started to read about the experiences of LGBT Christians. Um, we read a lot of books, uh, had long debates into the night. Um, this was when my mind started to change. Um, and at the same time, another thing happened. So I was attending a men's group, a weekly men's group, and I got to know uh, a friend who was a closeted gay Christian. Uh, now at the time, he, he claimed he was struggling with same-sex attraction. But I think um, and the longer we knew each other, he admitted to me and to himself, actually, in some sense, that he was gay. Um, and actually, what happened after that, the leadership asked him to leave the men's group. Um, he was asked to stop serving in church. So this was very hurtful for him. But in spite of being rejected by the church, what I saw as his friend was that he was growing towards greater mental wellness and healing in his life. Um, and I could see this was actually, the repression had been what was harming him all these years. So all these things kind of combined to um, open my eyes and it reshaped my understanding of uh, the traditional teaching on the issue. Um, so for the first time, I, I started to realize how much the church had hurt gay Christians and was continuing to do so. And I felt like I needed to do whatever I can, you know, no matter how small or big, to make it right. So when my family and I moved to Singapore, we actually Googled LGBT affirming church, and that's how we found FCC. Mm. And uh, we've been at FCC ever since, and very glad to do so. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thanks so much for sharing, David. And that's such an amazing story, you know, of how we are able to actually shift uh, in our positions, in our thoughts, in our convictions, in our beliefs. And that, that's a real testimony of how God moves in our lives. And, and in FCC, you know, all of us in FCC are so excited and happy that you and Wendy and the kids are, you know, with us, you know. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we remember this Sunday following Pink Dot how much you love all sorts of people. You do not make mistakes. We thank you for society's progress towards greater inclusivity and understanding of sexual minorities. We pray for more protection against physical violence and discrimination. We pray that the dominant members of our society will be better educated about the issues and experiences of the LGBTQ community so that stereotypes don't perpetuate. God, nothing can separate us from your unfailing love and kindness, not even sickness or the fear of tomorrow. We pray for Ben and his family as they mourn the loss of his mother, Forgive us for not showing up when he needed us. Comfort him during this time of trial and grief. Deepen his experience of your love. We pray for Jonathan, who remains in intensive care, but improving. We know that your presence surrounds him and saturates his entire body and spirit. Replace any fears with peace and trust. May this time strengthen his faith and knowledge of your care. We pray for Singapore society as it reckons with recent cases of racist comments made against non-dominant groups of people. May public discourse lead us to an honest reckoning with the past that has led to these artificial boundaries. As a church, may we heed your call to challenge hierarchies. We pray for our collective anxiety during the pandemic as we go through unpredictable cycles of easing and restricting behaviors. Calm us when we are restless and draw us out when we are lonely. Call us into solitude with you so that we may rest in our belovedness. Have mercy on our world, especially in the places where there are cycles of conflict and violence, hatred and revenge. We especially lift up to you the situations in Israel and in Tigray, Ethiopia. Protect the reporters and investigators seeking facts. Disrupt the flow of weapons. Awaken consciences and raise up peacemakers. God, in this next moment of silence, we lift up to you those in our hearts, for you to bless, to heal, to comfort, or to provide. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lead us to celebrate your love in the stories we'll hear today 
In Jesus' name, amen. Be careful. 
Hi, I'm Eliza and I'm a bisexual. Like many friends in FCC, I've often felt the accompanying stress, minority stress rather, which comes from being queer in the form of work, school, daily discrimination, family, peer, society rejection, and religious exclusion. Allies throughout my life have helped me cope with this minority stress, whether it's my younger sister, my twin friends from secondary school, or even a counselor who offered her services pro bono to me to help me accept my sexuality at a time when affirming counsellors were rare. These days, though, there is one particular ally who is making a huge difference in my life, and he is Alex Toh, someone I lovingly refer to as my male best friend. He has gone beyond just affirming me in my sexuality. He has helped me overcome my minority stress as well. Alex once told me in one of our hours-long McDonald's chats that he wouldn't talk to me if he wasn't a parent. Indeed, it's not always talk easy to talk to me. I can be quite neurotic. But Alex has taken me on with such grace and patience as a mentor, counsellor, inspiring professor, dumb conversation partner, and all-round inspiration to be a better version of myself. I think allies are people who love us as we are, no matter our sexual or gender identity, and who also embody the root word of ally, which in Latin is alligare, meaning to bind to. Alex has been like chewing gum in my life, binding my various parts together, clearing my bad breath, lessening the stress, and you know what, kind of making me cooler. For me, I, I became a Christian uh, in a, when I was, was in secondary school. 
uh, like you in Methodist uh, Secondary School as well. Um, and then um, for the longest time, I have been a Methodist right until today, right? I still consider myself one. Is that means it's about like 35 years mm. journey or so already. But growing up in the 80s and 90s, the, uh, I must say that the LGBT issue has not really been very, I uh, guess, part of the conversation. I'm not sure whether that was your experience. It was not part Absolutely. of the experience. I, I yeah. grew up not no knowing anything about, about this. Yep. Nobody talks about it, you know, yep. and it was just all happily going along, you know. And then at some point, I guess all these uh, uh, prejudices, uh, mm. ideas start to come in, uh, not necessarily via the uh, 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 doctrinal religious side. It's actually via, I guess, peer pressure, meeting, uh, mis uh, mixing around. And then the names you call each other, you know, and um, it, you know, it mean the other person may well not be uh, an LGBT, but you still get labeled things like you know, or you gay, uh, you, 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 you know, and all sorts of words uh, that are tied to tied to referring to LGBT people. Uh, and I, I get very uh, fed up when I started to become at the end of that, you know, <laughs> of that of that of, of receiving that, mm -hmm. because um, as someone who is uh, who who from young has liked to has loved to draw and write uh, and in the 90s I was already uh, you know becoming very active in writing poetry and also I love to do literature uh, as a subject I pursued it all the way as something that is very much uh, my passion in in not just uh, uh, doing but also learning you know about what people are thinking about how they're talking about about cultural history I guess and then when you do this you know you you always get a certain community in a Christi among Christians to say hey you you gay or oh, you are on you you know you're a creative person you mm. must be gay you know mm. and I, I feel like hey I'm not why do you keep using uh, saying that to me that's one thing and why do you use it as a bad word Mm -hmm. you, know, it, you know and so I think today when we talk about LGBT there's that lingering stigma, there's, there's the lingering uh, negative connotations that are sure. still attached to that. Mm. And I, I wonder how much sometimes when we have the discussion about LGBT, it is that informing the attitude as well, uh, and, and not just the overt uh, uh, discussions that we have. Mm. So anyway, that was uh, very much part of something that was bothering me quite a bit in the 90s. And I think, in fact, um, the title of my first book of poems that came out in 1998 was Who Wants to Buy a Book of Poem? That, uh, <laughs> which is a quite a funny poem that talks about people misunderstanding poetry, right? Mm. But that poem also, that, that poem is the title poem of the book itself that has the same name. Uh, it ends with the twist, right? That says that, you know, people call me gay. Right, <laughs> You know, when I'm not, you know, it ends with that twist uh, uh, at the end, you know, uh, to just basically saying that there's just all mm. this misunderstanding about writing mm -hmm. yeah, and creativity. And, and, and I guess for me, that has been the angle uh, to realize that, you know, uh, I don't think a lot of Christians have a good sense of what it means to be an LGBT person or who an LGBT person is. Welcome to our very special Pink Dot service. Earlier, you heard a few brief sharings from David, Eliza and Gui. And we recognise the power of having allies in our lives. And we want to appreciate them today. Also through David and Gui's sharings, we see that each person's journey towards allyship is different. Sometimes it involves being mislabeled and misunderstood. Often, 
involves taking the time to get to know someone who's LGBTQ as a friend and the desire to truly love and understand one another as Christ has called us to. And always, it involves the hand of God working in and through our lives and the different journeys we've been on. I wonder how many of you have allies in your lives. If you do, and that person is a family member or relative, please type A in the chat. And if that person is a friend, please type B. And it just came across my mind, right? Um, that we have allies actually present as well. And if you're an ally, please type C. And we want to get a feel um, of um, how, what all of you experience in your lives um, through the chat. Um, though I think that we have a delay um, and we'll see um, the responses. Thank you. Um, uh, Miss Rachel Reeds is B. Uh, and David is, of course, C. Uh, thank you for all of you for typing your, your answers. Oh, yes. It could be both family and friends, right, um, who are our allies. You know, I see Jay saying A and B. Now, Jimmy says A and B. We see a lot of B here as well. Thank you for re responding. Um, Sharon, you're, you're always an ally. Thank you. Uh, Loretta A and B. Willie C. Doreen C. Wow, we have many allies with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, it's so exciting to see actually all of your responses. Allies are so important in the many spheres of our lives. When we think of allies, we often think of friends or family members. But we don't get to hear or talk about it often. But what about allies at work? I'm so thankful that Gary and Karen availed themselves to share about their stories of allyship at work. Gary needs no introduction, but for those of you who are attending our service for the first time, Gary is one of our leaders, a regular preacher as well as the chairperson of FCC's board. He has also been instrumental in helping our services go online. And Karen, she joined our church last year officially as a member, together with her partner. And both she and her partner got baptised here as well. And so we're so excited to have them and their family with us um, as part of our family. And so as you listen to Karen and Gary's stories, I hope it reminds you how God is moving in and through your life, all the spheres of your life, even at work. So let's listen to Gary and Karen's stories. So Karen, uh, it's really nice that we can have this conversation about allyship at work. And, um, you know, um, why don't you first introduce a little bit about yourself and sure. what you do? Sure. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me. Uh, I am now the VP of uh, the SMB business at Facebook uh, in APAC, and I work out here in Singapore. I've got a little bit of uh, a shared history with you in that yes. we both came um, from, and we both had actually a common employer. That's and right. so now um, I'm working in, uh, in channel marketing for the region at Microsoft, and you used to be at Microsoft as well. That's when right. was that? That was in like 2005 to 2010, yeah, right. so quite some time ago. Yes, and I'm actually joined uh, Microsoft in 2014, wow, and okay. I'm still there now to, uh, today. But I think our experiences in Microsoft are a little bit different, right? And yep. uh, 
when you were in Microsoft, uh, you were not out. And um, maybe can you uh, share with me why you decided not to be out? Sure. Um, I think Microsoft at that time was uh, a very different company. Uh, Basically, the entire, the difference then and now, from what I know, because I work with some Microsoft people, I've met some Microsoft people, and there's a pride chapter now, and there's a lot of like support around DE&I. Then, it was a very different world. HQ always had that view that we need to be very inclusive, right? They had like trans uh, uh, engineering directors. It was a very, very uh, uh, good like intentions and great uh, momentum at the HQ level. But in APAC and in Singapore in particular, people were not particularly sensitive to um, being, you know, careful with like inclusivity. And uh, there was really no allyship uh, around like um, accepting LGBTQ uh, employees. So I was in situations where I hear um, uh, homophobic slurs. It was uh, very, it was like people were not intentional. Um, but at the same time, it was hard for someone like me and I just remained in the closet at that time. I think uh, I, I talked about this recently as well with some of my colleagues and I felt that by not being out, I was busy spending a lot of my energy pretending to be someone else. So I didn't bring my entire self to work. Uh, it was always like changing pronouns in my head, like pretending that I had a boyfriend or like I'm single and it's very hard, right? And so instead of uh, embracing who I am and then spending my energy like getting to know other people, uh, building connections, uh, I was so... Um, I was unable to really like use all my strength and my energy to focus on things that could help me uh, be who I am at work uh, and help me do the best job I can at work. Uh, and I think through that, I actually failed and did myself a disservice and I did the community a disservice uh, actually in retrospect because I could have, if I had come out earlier, I felt that I could have like made change, right? I could have educated, I could have uh, shown people that we are like everyone else. Um, and created more acceptance earlier on. I think at Facebook, it was a very different experience. By the time I got to Facebook, it was in a place where um, I noticed very early on, I had a colleague reach out to me and say, hey, do you know that uh, at Facebook, we cover medical uh, care for domestic partners as well? So I'm like, like what, what do you mean? Like, so... Uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, is it? She's like, no, no, no. Like, even for same gender uh, domestic partners. I said, really? Here in Singapore? She said, yeah. So, the only thing you need to do, she said, to be able to get that for your partner is to come out. Uh, just tell the, the, the people people that the people team that you are a lesbian and you've got a domestic partner. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. How that, so, your colleague actually initiated the conversation yes. with you even though you were not out at that point in time. Correct. And it's a colleague, and ironically, it's a colleague from Microsoft, an ex-colleague from Microsoft. <laughs> so, she went over to Facebook, she experienced this and she said, it's safe here, it's fine. Uh, just, you know, if you're comfortable, you can just come out to the HR and the people team and they'll take care of the rest. So important of how we actually model allyship by reaching out to other people. And it was so sensitive in the way that your colleague, uh, you know, broached that, that conversation. But, you know, um, it took courage on her end, I guess, to being able to have that conversation and reach out uh, to you, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, this is like a case of like someone not just showing up and telling you that it's okay, uh, and telling you the advantage, uh, a very pragmatic advantage of coming out at work, but also doing it like very quietly on one side, just making sure that I'm comfortable and giving me that safe space. 
But I think the company as well uh, created a safe space by um, extending the medical care beyond like the usual, you know, uh, cisgender, like, uh, heterosexual like relationships. Uh, so that was also very like in a form corporate allyship. Yeah, very right? systemically uh, making Correct. that change and showing solidarity and, and creating visibility uh, from that perspective. Yeah. When, like I told you, when I was not out at Microsoft, I felt like I was doing a disservice not just to myself but to the community. Here, having the liberation of being able to be my authentic self just ensured that I was able to be my authentic self not just at work but at home. And then, like, eventually it came to, like, okay, spiritually, where am I? Like, where's the right place I should be uh, when I want to um, be in the house of God, Right? And so that kind of like, it's almost like a domino effect. I started really looking like, how do I bring myself to everywhere? And so the work that I do now is, I'm now like the global um, co-exec sponsor for Pride Ad. Um, and it's important because I felt that the APEC view needed to be represented on a global stage as well. And there were a lot of things that we're pushing for now. Like we're pushing trans healthcare as a found, foundational um, uh, work across the world. So it shouldn't just be North America that has it. Like everywhere should have that trans healthcare. Uh, and gender neutral toilets. Like these are very basic stuff that people in other markets take for granted. But here we actually need to make the request and make the push. So these are a little bit of how I feel like I'm giving back um, because this has been a place that allows me to uh, do my best work as well and bring my best self to work. Oh, what an incredible journey and thanks for sharing. I mean, it's just so inspiring the work that you are uh, doing at Facebook and, uh, um, you know, I've, I'm, I'm really um, looking forward to, you know, just um, looking for opportunities to be a better ally to other people as well. Absolutely. I think we definitely can do more together as well. Uh, but you know what, Gary? It's not just about, like, Facebook. I know, like, at Microsoft things have changed. And I think uh, one of the important things is like, uh, we need to strive for progress and not perfection. I would love to hear your experience at Microsoft after I left. Yeah, you know, I joined uh, four years after you left. Um, I, and um, uh, I came over from an acquisition. So, um, you know, Microsoft has always been one of the companies I really wanted to work for. And I had all of these lofty expectations of the company. When I got there, I realized that, um, you know, just like you had shared, you know, many things that... Uh, the global te uh, team may have put on a piece of paper or there could have been an HR uh, guide for it, actually was not being practiced. I mean, we didn't walk the talk, literally. And I remember this really came to a point when I was at my first uh, global sales conference. Uh, and at that sales conference, it was a really tough experience for me because uh, it really felt uh, that it was like a middle-aged, white, uh, all-boys club. Um, and so the sales conference felt like a monster truck rally. And then the evenings, um, you know, the entertainment, they had scantily clad women on the stage. I mean, this being Las Vegas, of course. Yeah. Um, and then I just felt completely um, marginalized, you know, by just what was going on around me. This was just, that didn't feel like the place where I could feel uh, included. And so I came back to Singapore 
And um, at a point in time, I also got a new boss, and she came from France. She had moved herself and her family over to Singapore, and uh, she really was uh, reached out to me and became my first ally. And it was so important because she created this um, covering for me uh, that I felt that if I didn't have it, I probably would have quit Microsoft now. And she said that, you know, let's not worry about the culture of Microsoft. We create our own team culture, and I'm going to be your ally. Um, it was very, very different from my previous employer where, where I was already had made a decision to come out very similarly because of the, I was encouraged by the policies there. But because she is my ally and she made that first step, um, I decided to stay on. And, uh, you know, thankfully, um, the culture of the company has now changed because we have got a new CEO uh, who really wants us to ensure that the people that we uh, serve, um, you know, are represented across the organization. So, you know, it's very progressive thinking that's actually uh, now enshrined in the mission and the values of the, the company. That's so so good to hear, really. I, I think, and so this is like testament, right, to how people really can cause change, right? Positive change and allyship. Like just this, your, your, your ex-boss probably like helped you in that one situation. But imagine how that has like unlocked like the fact that they, she could contain and she could retain you. And then you can represent like your community uh, as part of like the Microsoft uh, culture as well. You're absolutely right from your story and really resonates with me in terms of how bringing our whole selves to work allows us not to um, just be, you know, a uh, good ability to be retained in the company, but also allows us to get the best out of every person, right? Um, in addition to representing the people that we serve, which is a, you know, a very vast diversity of all sorts of, um, you know, different uh, aspects, right, and attributes, um, we also come fully as our authentic selves and with an and understanding that these di different skills and experiences are celebrated and we don't actually need to fit in into a particular mold, but when we bring these differences over, you know, and, and have a space for being able to be ourselves and to be listened to, the, we are able to see so many more perspectives Absolutely. when coming to, to address a challenge or, um, you know, or being able to, uh, to build a strategy uh, at work. And I think that um, this, uh, for me, in, in terms of my faith, um, very similarly to, to your story, I think that um, bringing wholeness in a workplace environment and creating an environment that people can feel belonging to and thriving is about restoring, you know, the individual, restoring community, and actually doing the uh, uh, being a missionary at work. Yeah, I, I I agree because even now I this I have this like massive sense of pride, like that I'm part of like a, a free community church. It's I can tell people like for example today I told my colleagues I'm going to church later. I'm doing a recording for Ping Fest. They're like what? And like, and the, the truth is, when I look at this congregation, it isn't just about uh, LGBTQ people, we've straight people, we've got people of different races, and they all come together um, and really are here showing the allyship, that community, that inclusivity, that makes me, you know, really, really happy to have found this place. Likewise. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you, Gary.
Isn't it amazing to see how Karen and Gary have grown over the years? I love one of the comments that uh, was written here by A. It says, this is striking. Even a gay person has opportunity, privilege, responsibility to be an ally to others. Wow, you know, the ability for us to grow and to be transformed by God wherever we are, even at work. Imagine the allies at work actually help contribute to that courage and confidence that we see in both Karen and Gary. And this reminds me of the Good Samaritan. The entire focus of the story of the Good Samaritan was not the violence done by the robbers, nor how to narrowly define who is our neighbour. It is about how the Good Samaritan, someone completely unrelated to the attacked man, went out of his way to show him love, care and compassion as a fellow human being. And Jesus showed the teacher of the law that his initial question, and who is my neighbour, was the wrong question to ask. That was a limit-seeking question. Instead, Jesus turned that question on its head and changed the question around. He said, who was a neighbour to the one in need? And Jesus is reminding us to be the neighbour, as demonstrated by the Good Samaritan. You know, the Good Samaritan reminds me of many of our allies. They chose to go out of their way because of love, care and compassion for their LGBTQ friends. I think about the allies in my life and how God has blessed me with those allies. I think about the sacrifices they made to stand with me even in difficult moments because they truly believe that they are doing the right thing. And I'm so grateful for all of them. And my question to all of us is, what can we do for the Good Samaritans in our lives? Perhaps it's our time to give back and see if there are ways we can care for and support our allies and families. When Pauline and I were reflecting on how to do this service, there were two passages that came to my mind, right? Um, the first was the Good Samaritan, because that is really an example of what being an ally means. The other one that came to my mind was actually from Ruth. Do not press me to leave you or turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well, if even death parts me from you. We are familiar with this passage from Ruth because it's often read at weddings. But interestingly, it is not a declaration of love between husband and wife, but actually between from the daughter-in-law Ruth declaring her love and loyalty to her mother-in-law Naomi. For those of you who typed A just now, you would have experienced this familial love. A relative or family member who loves us and who is by our side no matter what. They may not have figured out everything. They may still get our gender pronouns wrong. They may still be struggling to re reconcile their faith with their love for us. But they will not let go of us. They say, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Pauline and I are rather fortunate to have supportive families. 
Our parents and our siblings have been there for us. And their love helps us do what we do. But it, doesn't, it didn't start like that from the beginning, of course. And I hope that all of you out there, whether you're LGBTQ or you have a family member who is LGBTQ, you know that it is a journey. And it often takes years to reach that level of acceptance. Today, we have Moe and Chikyang, parents of Claire, a transgender woman, share their story. Claire is a pseudonym. Because at this time, there is still a lot of discrimination against transgender people. And we do not want to jeopardize Claire's safety and well-being. Moe and Chikyang wrote to us in 2013. And I remember that email because um, it, it read, I have a very close relative who's struggling with the transgender issue and I need to talk to somebody about it. Both my husband and I are Christians from a traditional background and so we find this whole issue very, very troubling, confusing and it's turned our world upside down. Who can I speak to and what number can I call? And that's when I got to know both of them. And reading that email then, you know, the amount of shame, just, you know, just reading an email gave me a sense of the amount of shame. They could not even name that their child was transgender. They could only say, you know, we have a close relative. And that story is wonderful. And I want, to, I want you to hear it. Here's their story. The world turned upside down, shocked, terrified, at a loss. Yeah, it was not easy for us. Uh, first, we don't fully understand what is this transgender that my child is bringing up. And uh, it came as a big shock uh, when we received this news from, from her, actually. Yeah. I did a lot of research. I went to seek help from so-called traditional Christian leaders. I went to speak to so-called more liberal people like you. I went to see professional counsellors. I went to seek help from medical experts. I even accompanied my child to see her doctor her psychologist, I went to do a lot of reading up, I bought books on this area, I talked to people. And all this seeking helped me have a clearer picture of what it's all about. That helped me. Um, having friends who are supportive also helped me. Having a very uh, loving husband who's also a doting father helped me a lot. I think one of the key things for us is the strong relationship that Moi and myself that we have. And of course, uh, the love for our child and, and most important, the love of God. You know, we felt that God has given to us a child like Claire and, and, and she is unique and wonderfully made. So whatever struggle that she's going through, uh, we want to walk this journey with her. So of course, like what Moi said, we, we have six different uh, input and different opinion. I'm glad that my wife uh, really did all the study because I was really very busy with my work. But I read through and we discussed over all the findings that she has. And, and in a way, we have uh, 
we, we, we understood what is transgender, this whole thing, uh, a lot much better because of this uh, finding out together. Help us to understand a bit more. And most important, I would say also, is the we, we saw the pain and the struggle that our child was going through as she struggled through this whole process of, of being a transgender. It pained us a lot. I think the pain that we, are, that we see in her, the joy that used to be in her when she was young uh, was really disappearing and, and we were very concerned and, and out of our love for her, we went out to find out more. And, and of course, the, the support from uh, friends, uh, Christian friends, definitely has uh, helped us a lot. I think one more thing is that we met um, the parent of another transgender person who also comes from a traditional Christian background, similar to us, and that really helped us a lot. Mm. Um, can you say more about that? It means that we are not alone. Mm. When we first knew uh, about this, Claire wanted to start on hormone therapy immediately and we said, no, give us time. So she waited for about a year before we said, okay, you can go ahead. And it was during this one year that I, I did a lot of research. Um, I think one question that haunted me was, if I embrace my child, Am I compromising on my faith? That really troubled me a lot. And after doing a lot of research and most important, talking to my child, getting to know her, listening to her, understanding what her issues are, not just talking to her, but seeing actually how she struggled with the emotional pain that comes from the discomfort, the distress with the body, seeing my child cry and roll in pain and tearing her hair and on the point of breaking. Together with all the so-called information gathering I have done, I've come to a point where I'm at peace and I feel that I can answer to God, even if I make a mistake. I mean, I don't have all the answers, but I think I have reached a point where I'm, like I said, at peace. Mm. I think what is important through it all is that uh, with all the facts, I think there are always so much pro and con. Uh, going into it, you realize that we, we don't have the full detail. All right? I think um, there's still a lot of unknown. And I think we are, like what Moy has said, we are at peace today. Mm. You know, after looking at it, I think the best thing we can do is to love our child as she is and to walk this journey together with her. And we are pleased to do it uh, uh, with her in this, in this particular case, yeah. When you have a child who is transgender, then she's the, not the only one who is affected. The whole family and our friends and our relatives, you know, we have to kind of explain to everybody what happened. I mean, we are fortunate in that um, my two other kids were very supportive. Um, my 80-over-year-old grandmom, we, we were very worried, but in the end, she was accepting. And she said, so long as Claire is happy, she's accepting. So I'm thankful for that. Then the other thing is our relatives and our friends. You know, Chinese New Year's, festive. So I do a lot of explaining. And then our church friends, I remember after 
the final transition after the surgery. We, in fact, before the surgery, we told our friends exactly what happened. I wrote a very long letter and give, distributed to them and asked them to read. And then asked the church people to pray for us. After the surgery was over, we invited our church cell group and my daughter to have a meal together so they could meet Claire in person. In this way, being transgender is no longer a theory, but they get to meet a transgender person face to face and it becomes life. And I feel that this whole process has been um, able to open up the eyes of my friends, my Christian friends, who may have their preconceived uh, ideas about what being transgender is, but through all this, they are able to see in person and that has helped a lot. I would say that um, like what we have gone through in our early days, um, you do not need to walk the journey alone. I think there are many family uh, that has walked through this journey, ourselves as an example. We have our up and down, we have our struggle. There are things that we did right, there are things that we did not do right. Uh, the many lessons that we have learned and, and reach out to other families so that you do not feel lonely and to know that uh, this, this journey, uh, there are people who can walk beside you as well. And, and as what Moe has said, we were really grateful that we, we know of another family who, who has a transgender child. And just by knowing that, just from their simple sharing, we were really encouraged. You know? And subsequently, along, uh, along the way, God has brought different, other, different people with different challenges uh, to, with us to work with us, and, and we're just grateful on, on this point. Mm, and, and one more thing I find to be very helpful was talking to my child. Uh, I have to tell myself to come with an open mind. I have to tell myself to set aside my biasness and to just talk and listen and understand uh, what um, her struggles are, the reason why she wants to transition, um, then I understand, like for our case, that my child is not doing this out of rebellion, mm. you know, that this discomfort, this distress with her body is really driving her nuts, you know, so that helped me to accept. I, I think for our, our, where we are, the journey up to today. I think there's one thing that are uh, quite important. Um, I remember when Claire wrote to us the letter, you know, that uh, um, that she wants to transit. All right, we flew down to see her immediately. All right, over Christmas period, and and looking at her, we talked to her. I think Moy spent a bit of time talking to her, and and there was three things that we expressed to her. You know, maybe you want to share. Yeah, we told her that whether you are transgender or not, the three most important things she has to remember is one, God loves her no matter what. Two, we love her no matter what. Three, we want her to live out the, to the fullest that God has given her, to live out to the fullest potential that God has given her. So what we have done all these years uh, is that uh, we have, I mean, more has taken time, spent a bit more time with her. We have taken time to, to we introduce her 
to FCC. I think that's something that we could do to her for Singapore. Uh, when she was overseas, we also took time to to connect her with uh, the local church. All right, and, and they were very accepting, and uh, and those were the time where I think she has has helped her to to continue to work in her faith. I think that's quite important for us. And of course, one more I shared earlier uh, with our cell group. I think that was something that is uh, uh, quite important. I'm really grateful that our cell group was was able to accept uh, her as she is, and um, and I think what. What is important is to, in, in in a lot of cases, in our cases, is that they, they saw a person. They have seen her before and they have seen her now and, and just glad that, uh, uh, so she's, she's looking at a person that is fresh and black, you know, and, and that's important. We see this love that Moe and Chi Kiang have when they accepted, embraced, and supported Claire on her journey. At the same time, they were seeking God. I was also very surprised to hear about the support from the Christian friends, from the friends from their cell group. We hear more often of stories of LGBTQ folks being rejected by their families, by their church. But we rarely hear of acceptance and support. I hope that listening to Moe and Chi Kiang's story helps you see that it is a journey. A journey that takes time. They started from a place of fear, anxiety, confusion, and even shame. And it took time, effort, love, praying to arrive where they are at. They started not knowing how to do it but knowing one other family going through a similar experience gave them hope and helped them figure out the way. There are many stories of acceptance, just that the most families are not ready to share something so personal, so publicly. Moe and Chi Kiang benefited from connecting with other parents of a transgender child. And they have expressed that they welcome other families to get connected with them as well, so that they can all journey together. We are happy to facilitate that. Just drop us at the email at info at freecomchurch.org and we'll help you get connected with them. We hope that we can help families find a way to support their LGBTQ members. It is not an easy journey for many. And like how we wondered about what we can do to support our allies, we also want to do our part supporting our families. We want to draw the circle wider so that our families are supported as they journey towards acceptance. The freedom to love is more than just romantic love, but also familial love. So, what can you do for those who have come alongside you and supported you when you really needed it? I'd like to invite you to appreciate the allies in your lives, your families in your lives, by sharing on a YouTube chat about them. So maybe you can type in the name of your ally or, if, or a little bit of how the ally, that person, uh, or that family member has supported you. And we want to just see how God is actually working in all of this, in all of our life, in all of our stories, in all of our journeys. And we also want to help you appreciate them in a special way by offering these little pinky keychains. One of our very dear members of our church very kindly donated these keychains to us so that we are able to give it out 
to the allies among us as well as to you to give to your allies. All right? So, but to get them, you need to register your interest. And Jimmy, our service leader, will give you more details during the announcements. So, this will be for our allies as well as for you to give to your allies. All right? So, if you're an ally or a family member of someone LGBTQ, and like Miak mentioned just now, and you have questions or you need some support, please feel free to write in to us at info at freecomchurch.org. And we will try our best to help or to connect you with other allies. And this is one thing we can do for you. I hope that through all this sharing, you hear of love and you hear of God working through the, all these people all these allies and all these families. And it's not something that happens overnight. But God is accompanying us on that journey. And now we come to the time of Holy Communion. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. And here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means that you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not need to be a member of FCC. You do not need to be baptized. You only need to know that God's grace is sufficient. And so we gather at the table. We come from many places, differing in age, differing in race, differing in orientation, politics, and even religion. As we come together, together around, around the, the table, table we, we discover, discover that our differences, differences are not something, something we tolerate, but that our differences are indeed a blessing. The more differences we bring, the more fully we experience the presence of the sacred in our midst. So come, children of God, just as you are. Wherever you are on this journey, you are welcome here. Here in this place, here in this community, here at this table. Come, children of God, come and remember with us. Remember, Remember the stories that Jesus' friends tell, stories of bread broken and shared, feeding a multitude, stories of being gathered together, enemy and friend, around tables, stories of our unlikely guests revealing the face of the sacred. They say that it was on a night of both celebration and betrayal that he took the bread on the table blessed it and broke it. Reminding them and us that it is the breaking that we become whole, in losing our lives that we find them, in serving that we are served. As the grain scattered becomes one in the loaf, when we eat this bread, we become one with one another. They say that he took the cup on the table, poured it out and sharing, remembering with them 
the life force flowing through our veins, the breath of life from whence we can come. As the grapes find life in the vine, when we drink this cup, we become as one with the source of life itself. As the grapes find life in the vine, when we drink this cup, we become at one with the source of life itself. May we invite all to come forward to receive the communion. Those of you at home, we invite you to prepare your elements and partake this together with us. together and, and so we pray come come holy spirit come, come bless this bread and bless, bless this fruit of the vine bless all of us in our eating and drinking that our eyes might be open that we might recognize the risen christ in our midst indeed in one another come holy spirit come let us partake the elements with gratefulness May I invite you to stand in body or in spirit to join in this prayer. Holy God, we come to this table different, yet embraced by you all the same. You, you met, met us, us at, at this, this table, table embracing, embracing us and our brokenness, naming us beloved, making us whole, claiming us for an eternity. We, we thank, thank you, living, living loving God. God. Amen.
Welcome home once again, everyone. I hope you all enjoyed uh, and was touched by all the sharing, listening and witnessing to the testimony shared by our friends and our allies, our brothers and sisters and friends. All right. So for, the, for those who are joining us uh, the, for the first time, uh, and for the new and the old comers, all right, welcome home. For those uh, just newly joining us, right, we are really excited to have you, you know, like watching in live, whether live or post-live of this live stream, right? We like to know and serve you better and we want to in help you to understand our community better. So if you could, please visit us as, at fcc.la slash fccwelcome or scan a QR code shown on this screen um, where we will uh, get our church staff to actually share more information with you, reach out to you and include you, uh, you in our communications and our broadcast list. Alright, so if you'd like to find more information or reach out to somebody who you'd like to speak to, you can e email us at info at freecomchurch.org. For the next segment, we'll continue to honour and, um, and fellowship with God through our giving and offering. Right, so FCC, we our mission is really to be a voice in the desert, to continue to 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 bring about love and mercy into this world, helping our uh, to give voice to the marginalized community, especially for LGBTQ uh, uh, brothers and sisters. So, uh, for there are two ways you can give. Sorry, there are two channels of giving. One will be for the FCC general fund that goes into the operation, the operations and spending of the church. And the other will be for the FCC building fund, where it pay, goes down to paying the mortgage of the building. So you can give now by um, giving through PayNow or scanning a QR code. Or we encourage you to uh, create a standing order, repeated standing orders, right? Where you can actually enter the UEN number shown on the screen. Another way, if you are giving by your credit card, you can visit us at freecomchurch.give.asia. So while we are preparing for our giving, I'd like to invite all of us to enter into a prayer of thanksgiving. God of eternal, everlasting love, you are the God who gives us the colours of the rainbow. You are the God who created creation, beautiful and diverse, and calling good. You have made known to us that each and every one of us are worthy of your love, to be loved. By the giving of your Son, our Saviour, Teacher and Friend, who gave of all of himself to us. So we love you, God. We lift up the fruits of our labour, the works of our hands, and the love in our hearts to you. With what we offer and give to you, help us to bring shalom, healing and wholeness in us and our world. Together with you and your spirit in us, help us to create a world filled with love, mercy and justice in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. So for our next segment, look at the beautiful slide, right? For the, for the Pink Dot special service we have today. We are going into some very exciting announcement, but before we go into the first announcement, I'd like to share some good news with all of you. So today comes to the end of Singapore's Phase 2 Heightened Alert. Yeah. So if you're excited, right, 
please type out yay in the live, live chat because I am already anticipating for 21st where I can dine in with my cell group members and hopefully our numbers stay slow. So, next, from next Sunday onwards on the 20th, 20th all right, of the month, we will resume in-person service. All right? So, the usual um, channels, right, uh, of the broadcast or announcement to, to call out for registration for in-person service, all right, will be broadcast once again through our Telegram our, uh, and WhatsApp broadcast channel and also in the, in the mailing list uh, that will be sent out weekly. So, if you have, if you have not joined us, uh, join our broadcast, channel, right? The information to these channels, to join these channels, can be found in the opening and closing videos of this live stream. Alright, so once again, I'm Jimmy, and I'd like to welcome you to Free Community Church, where free stands for first, realize everyone's equal. FCC is an affirming and progressive church, and here, you're welcome to enter into God's love regardless of your sexual orientation, your gender identity, race, nationality, religion, and economic status. So first, announcement. All right, um, FCC is working with some of our um, members to host a, a talk, right, to educate our LGBTQ members of uh, uh, in, in our community about the what's the difference between like will, like you set a will, right, if you have assets or like things like, um, and lasting power and attorney, and especially what it means to you and your partner if you have, you, that you share your life with, and how that can create um, you know, a better environment to operate within our uh, legal framework in our society in Singapore. So if you are interested to know more, you know, what is this lasting power attorney, and how that can help your relationship uh, to be more stable, secured, all right? register at info at freecomchurch.org, just send in and say, that, hey, I'm interested in joining in, the talk for the lasting power of attorney. And that talk will be held virtually on the 13th of June, on a Sunday at 12.30. Oh, in, within church itself, today. Oh, it will be held today, alright? 12.30, alright, 12.30 today, sorry. Uh, virtually, on the 13th of June, 22, uh, on this Sunday. Sorry, I missed that. Too afraid by, of the, by the heightened alert. Right, and one of the very well, popular series that we have in support of like Pink Fest right, and Pink Dot, right, we had a series of uh, talks uh, online, and we have already had uh, two talks in the past two, two, two Fridays. Uh, this coming Friday, we'll have our last talk about being transgender and Christian. So I'd like to really invite all of us to join in this live stream um, discussion, all right, this sharing, to understand and show support for our transgender brothers and sisters and siblings. And understand that, you know, though we may be queer, we may be different, but no one can say, no, you're not a Christian, as long as we have love in our hearts. So sign up. Sign up now to understand more about this topic and what it means to be a transgender, to understand uh, these issues. Uh, sign up at fcc.la slash heartchoofs. Alright, next. One of the highly anticipated Signature series of free FCC, that will be Living Water 22.1, alright, about reconciling faith and sexuality for men. So if you are a gay man 
or you're somebody who's like wanting to know more about, hey, you know, how can gay men reconcile their faith and sexuality? You may not be a gay man, you may be an ally who, or a brother, or you have a brother or a friend uh, who, has, who is struggling in his or her uh, his faith, all right? Do sign up, uh, feel free to sign up at fcc.la slash livingwater2021. You'll begin on the 15th of July, all right, every Thursday evening uh, virtually. Alright, or you can just scan the QR code shown above to access the sign-up form. Next, are you looking for a community or a new group? Or do you want to deepen your fellowship and know more friends and be plonked and planted in our community? Now you have an opportunity. You can join a new cell group with a quite Sprout initiative, right? So one good thing about Sprout is it's a time-bound cell group, right? So that you can, uh, within a, a span of months, you can stay with your group and then you get to know people who are similar to you looking for community, friends, uh, then they, and they may be new to FCC. Alright, so do not hesitate to contact us. Whether you are located in Singapore or actually you are from overseas, alright, you can join us because virtual meeting option is available. So register at info at freecomchurch.org. Last but not least, this uh, Pink Dot Sunday service, right? The special thing is really about appreciating our allies and witness the God's love have for us through their support and care for us. So we also want to give back to our allies, the allies in our life. If you are allies, you are, you are an ally watching in life now, right now, or watching the video. Maybe your friend shared with you. You know, you FCC wants to show our appreciation to you and a chance to, for you to get our pinky keychain, right? Like what Pauline sh uh, showed earlier, right? So you can register with our, uh, at fcc.la slash pinky or by scanning the QR code to access the sign-up form. And I will really encourage for our LGBTQ uh, brothers and sisters and friends, all right, who have, uh, who like, who, who you have to show appreciation to the allies that you have in your life by also signing up once you have signed up, our church staff will reach out to you, will give you the in, uh, information on how you can collect this pinky, all right, from the church. Now, before we go to the next segment, right, the, of uh, the last song, all right, I'd like to say that we'd like to invite all of us to really, whether, wherever you are, to sing together with us this song, our signature song where we did for um, our last pink dot. There will be drawing the circle wider. Oh, 
Yeah. 
Beloved, receive the benediction now. May the God of the ever-widening circle of love empower you, strengthen you, accompany you on your journey. May you have the courage to overcome shame. May the God of rainbow, of perfect love, cast out your fears as we embark on this journey to bring love and justice to transform the world. Go in peace and love always and know that Christ goes with you. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday and look forward to seeing more of you in person next Sunday. Thank you.